Christmas. My name is Tom, and this is my wife, Sherry. And today, we are starting with an introduction of the 12 days of Christmas, and what we're going to look forward to in the next 12 days that we're together. And we're also going to have our very first of the 12 Christmas devotions today. Okay? Yes. All right, so what are the 12 days of Christmas? I'm so glad you asked. I know you are. <laughs> I'm ready. So the 12 days of Christmas is, in Christian theology, the period of time that starts, that marks the span between the birth of Christ and the coming of the Magi, so the wise men. It begins on December 25th, Christmas, and runs through January 6th, yep. which is also known as Epiphany, mm -hmm. um, when or Three Kings Day. That's right. The four weeks, also interesting to note, the four weeks preceding Christmas are also called Advent, which is what we're in right now. Correct. That's right. Yep. So actually, we're going backwards. So right. as the 12 days of Christmas starts after Christmas, we're actually starting them before Christmas and heading up and leading into Christmas. That's right. That's right. A little bit different. So we're going to actually end our last one then on Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, yep. yep. Okay. Now, three things to know up front, okay? First thing is this. We've done some research about the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, um, and about the gifts that um, the true love, true, I'm sorry, the true love uh, gives on those 12 days of Christmas, all right? We've been learning some interesting stuff along the way. I'll tell you what, it's, it's been neat, and I have enjoyed uh, learning some things. I'm going to share some of those facts with you, all right? But no, we are not experts on all 12 of those gifts that the true love gave to me, okay? For example, some of you probably know more about swans and drummers and pipers than we do, all right? So, yeah, if you know more, have any comments or thoughts on something we say about 12 Days of Christmas, all right, uh, feel free to email me at thattomgamble at gmail.com, and we might share some of those thoughts that we get or those corrections on things we say from you uh, on one of the following days, okay? And so... Uh, yeah, so other things to keep in mind. First of all, some of the days are going to be a little bit more comical. Mm -hmm. Some will be serious. That's okay? right. That's right. And also, most importantly, every day we're going to focus on one of the gifts, the 12 days of Christmas, and how it connects That's right. with the birth of Jesus. Yep. Albeit, maybe not necessarily a very obvious connection. Sometimes they're going to be pretty obvious. Sometimes they're going to be a stretch. Yes. Okay, we're going to figure out how it works. But we're going to make it work, all right? Now, about the song, The Twelve Days of Christmas, first. We'll start with that, okay? Just some introductory, introduction mm -hmm. stuff here. The earliest known version of the lyrics was actually published in London under the title, The Twelve Days of Christmas, sung at King Pepin's Ball. I'm glad that didn't last. Yes. Wow. That had been quite a mouthful. Yeah. Actually, that was back in seven, uh, 1780, way back, okay? 1780 children's book uh, called Mirth Without Mischief. Um, now, there were other versions that have come out that had a lot of variations from that very first one. For example, in one of the variations, um, the gifts don't come from my true love. They actually come from my mother. Okay, wow. Yeah. No offense, uh, Mom, if you're listening out there, but a gift from my true love would, would just do a little bit different to my heart than a gift from my mother. Okay? So that's one different version out there. All right? Now, the song that most of us are familiar with today comes from an English composer named Frederick Austin. I like Friedrich myself. Friedrich, yeah. Friedrich Austin. Yep. In 1909, he said the melody and lyrics and added his own flourish, the drawn-out cadence of five gold... Old ring. Yeah. Yeah. 
And also, interesting to know, birds mm -hmm. play a major role in the 12 days of Christmas. Six out of the first seven days, the gift from the true love is some type of bird. Yep. A partridge, turtle doves, French hens, calling birds, geese. Swans. Yeah, and speaking of birds, just a little bit, I've done a lot of research on the internet getting ready for this, and just one website was kind of interesting to me. It's called Lee's, that's L-E-E apostrophe S, Lee's Birdwatching Adventures Plus. Lee's Birdwatching Adventures Plus. It's actually birdwatching from a Christian perspective. I, I didn't know they had that, but I found some really neat things on that website. Wonderful. So, yeah. Wonderful. So as we go through this, you know, have your Bibles ready as we as we walk through this study together. All right, here we go. First day. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. Okay, and this one was easy because I know where they got that partridge from, actually. Yeah, it has to do with that 1970s musical sitcom, The Partridge Family, that starred Shirley Jones and David Cassidy. You know how it goes... Hello world, the song that you're singing. Uh, no, no, Come on, no, get no, happy. No, no, no. Oh, stop, stop, stop. Let's just keep going. Keep going. I like that. All right. All right. So some other some other versions of this verse instead of a partridge in a pear tree have yep. juniper tree That's or June apple tree yep. rather than pear tree, and it could be just a mishearing of the real version of partridge in a pear tree. Yeah, there's a couple other versions that are out there, that juniper and June apple. Also, yeah. I know yeah. that you're just waiting for this fascinating facts about Partridges. And they do exist. Are you okay. ready? Partridges All right. are fascinating facts. Well, I'd like to hear some. Go ahead. All right, here we go. Partridges are part of the Fascidia family, which has, which has 155 species worldwide, only 16 in North America. That's right. Those species include the Chikar. Chikar. Isn't that an alien race on Star Trek? <laughs> no. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Here we go where no one right. has gone before. Okay. Franklin, quail, pheasants, jungle fowl, peafowl, and peacocks. Yep. The grouse and wild turkey are also related to them, and the partridges are native to Europe, Asia, North Africa, and the Middle East. The Middle East, that's right. I didn't know that. Now, keep uh, these next couple of facts in mind. Okay. They are important to our devotion for today. They are. Okay, okay. so here we go. Partridges are ground nesting seed eaters. That's right. And many species are hunted for sports or for games. That's right. Now, did you know that the partridge actually is mentioned twice in the scriptures, both times in the, New T in the Old Testament, excuse me, both times in the Old Testament. One of those, and if you have your Bible with you, go ahead and, and open it up. The first one is going to be found in the book of Jeremiah, okay? So we're in Jeremiah chapter 17, and Sherry's going to read for us Jeremiah chapter 17. It's found in uh, this passage, verses 10 and 11 of Jeremiah 17. All right, it says, I, the Lord, search the heart, I test the mind, even to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. As a partridge that hatches eggs which it has not laid, so is he who makes a fortune, but unjustly. In the midst of his days it will forsake him, and in the end he will be a fool. That's right. And so that's one of the two passages. I'm not going to expound on that one tonight, today because it's not the, the partridge not passage right. okay, that we're going to be talking about with today's devotion. All right? But the other one I, I want to talk about is actually from the book of 1 Samuel. So this is the focus one, 1 Samuel chapter 26. If you got your Bibles, turn to that. 1 Samuel 26. It's going to start at verse number 18. And before I before Sherry reads that, I want to give a little quick summary of what's going on. Okay? So 1 Samuel 26, starting at verse 18. What, what's going on here is that, that David is actually being hunted down by King Saul. Uh, the fact is, King Saul wanted David dead. Okay? So that being the case, David keeps his distance okay, from the king and all the king's men, all right, who are pursuing him. And starting in verse number 18, he calls this out to King Saul. Here's what he says. All right. 
Why then is my Lord pursuing his servant? For what have I done? Or what evil is in my hand? Now therefore, please let my Lord the king listen to the words of his servant. If the Lord has stirred you up against me, let him accept an offering. But if it is men, cursed are they before the Lord. For they have driven me out today so that I would have no attachment with the inheritance of the Lord, saying, Go serve other gods. Now then, do not let my blood fall to the ground away from the presence of the Lord. For the king of Israel has come out to search for a single flea, just as one hunts a partridge in the mountains. Yeah, for a partridge in the mountains. That's right. Yep. Okay. All right. Very good. So why tell me why does David say this last part? The king of Israel's come out to search for a single flea, just as he hunts a partridge in the mountains. What's he talking about there? Yeah. So first of all, you need to understand this: that partridges we mentioned before they're known as game birds, okay, because they're hunted and eaten by humans. All right, people eat partridges, okay, and also this: partridges generally generally live in grasslands. Okay, and they forage, that is to say, they seek out their food on the ground. Okay, furthermore, you need to know this, they exclusively nest on the ground, all right? And keep in mind that partridges cannot, cannot fly very well. Okay, that's important to know. Now, with those thoughts in mind, I found these interesting comments uh, in the College Press NIV commentary. I just want to read this small section to you. It talks about this. In, the, in this passage you read in 1 Samuel 26, it says, No one would think it worth his while to hunt a single partridge in the mountains when these birds could be found in coveys in the fields. The species of partridge common in the Holy Land tries to save itself primarily by running rather than by flight, because it can't fly real well. It is continuously chased until it becomes totally fatigued. Then the hunters rush upon the birds and knock them to the ground. This is what Saul was trying to do to David. Okay, So just a summary, what we've got here, according to what I just read, is that by chasing David here and there, King Saul was attempting to wear David out to exhaust him until he finally got him. Okay? Now the question is, did King Saul end up catching and killing David? No. No, he didn't. Okay? The Lord kept David safe. All right? And after David, okay, I'm sorry, David, after the death of Saul, David came, became the most renowned, the most famous king of probably all, all Old Testament kings. All right? Now, we know that David was not a perfect man. The Bible records for us some of the sins that he committed. But we do find in the scriptures two times when David is referred to as a man after God's own heart. And one of those times is actually found in the New Testament in Acts chapter 13, beginning at verse 21. Here in this spot, the Apostle Paul is he's preaching and teaching about Israel's history. Okay, And this is what Paul said, starting, starting in verse 21, he says, Then they, being the country of Israel, asked for a king, and God gave them Saul for 40 years. After God had removed him, being Saul, he raised up David to be their king. Concerning whom he also testified and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart, who will do all my will. Okay, we got that. Now, check out the very next verse in this Acts passage. It says this, 
From the descendants of this man, David, according to promise, God has brought to Israel a Savior, Jesus. Okay? So in the New Testament, Jesus is referred to as the Son of David. In fact, I heard this uh, about this preacher who was preaching just this past Sunday uh, from the genealogy of Jesus uh, in the book of Matthew, in Matthew chapter 1. I heard about that. Okay, well the very first verse in, in the book of Matthew where this genealogy starts, it begins with these words. It says, the record of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then immediately after the genealogy ends in Matthew, we find the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus. All right, so there's several places in the New Testament where Jesus is referred to as the son of David. I'm going to give you one more verse. Yep. In John chapter 7, people were discussing among themselves who Jesus was. And note this question from the crowd of people. John 7:42. Has the scripture not said that the Christ comes from the descendants of David? And from Bethlehem, the village where David was. Bethlehem was also referred to as the... City of David. Yes. Yeah. David was born in... Bethlehem. And so was... Jesus. Hence... Yep. Our connection. Bingo. All right. Jesus is the son of David. Yep. Born in Bethlehem. That's right. The city of David. Yep. And David was being hunted down like a... Partridge. All right. This is our Bible connection for the first of the 12 days of Christmas. Now, before we close, we have a real treat for you. Every day, our family is going to be singing the verse that we're talking about. And I know we're going to sing. <laughs> Hello, world, the song that you sing. No, Come on, no, get happy. No, 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 no. Our kids would not even know that. So I don't even know that song. Sorry, Tom. That's right. They're going to be singing the 12 days of Christmas. Yes! So... Okay. To end today, please enjoy the Gamble family's rendition of the first of the 12 days of Christmas. On the first day of Christmas, my true love came to me. A partridge in a bad tree.